Welcome to the Chelsea Pines Podcast. If you're a real estate human who is ready to show up online with heart and humanity and not hustle and hacks, you've made it to the right place, friends. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome back to the show. I'm excited to talk about one of my favorite topics today, which is video. And I'm here to tell you that I didn't always love to make videos. I think you might have heard this if you've been a longtime listener. Confession, I did not watch my own videos back for five long years because I knew that the cringe factor, what I thought would be the cringe factor, the fear, the limiting beliefs around creating content with me in it, seeing my face, hearing my voice was too much for me to handle. So if that's what you need to do to get through to continue just grinding out and doing the thing and making the habit and making the content, then do it. I don't recommend that strategy as somebody who actually used it (laughs) because I could have gotten so much better faster if I had just embraced the the cringe that I was experiencing. So I want to talk about um, video in some formats where I'm answering commonly asked questions. And you should continue to listen to this if you are somebody who is frustrated because you're making videos but you're just feeling overwhelmed with all of the advice that you are reading or hearing or seeing in other people's videos. You're feeling overwhelmed because you're just not really sure where to start. Or maybe you feel disadvantaged because you're looking at somebody who is clearly very confident and polished on a video and you're thinking, how am I possibly going to get there? These are questions that I am asked over and over and over again every time I am coaching, I am hosting a video workshop. And so I think it's really helpful to give you some idea of what other people might be asking because you might be asking these exact same questions and also to give you my feedback so that you feel more confident. You feel like you can create a a video planning process that is going to help you create more of a video that aligns with the real authentic you that also gets more engagement and that also reduces content stress. I'm all about reducing content stress. If you don't know that by now, well, welcome to the Reduce Content Stress Show. <laughs> all right, let's dive into it. Of course, this question comes up almost every single time I talk about video. And the question is, what is the ideal length? This usually comes up because somebody has seen a video or a reel or a TikTok or read a blog or gone to a conference where someone said, you need to do an extremely short video because nobody has an attention span. It needs to be seven seconds or under. In fact, don't even make a video. Just find something from your camera roll, put some music on it that's trending and some text and away you go. And while I have zero problems with creating what's called B-roll content, content that is low stress, low production value, not meaning low quality, but meaning I already had the content in my camera roll and putting over one of your original quotes or an original thought, absolutely. But here's the thing. If we have to try to trick people to watch our video to completion, or rewatch it. And we're doing that in a way because we want to get views. Views don't equal value. Just because you get higher views doesn't mean that somebody is going to put their hand up and say, I want to work with you. And those views can be intoxicating. And yes, if you get more views, do the platforms look at that as one of the metrics? They do. 
But really, ultimately, watch time, which is the metric that these algorithms are running off of, I don't know if one day there, or maybe there is right now, I don't know if there is, these algorithms are so smart, I would think that an algorithm would be able to also characterize or or categorize, I should say, well, this video was a full 10 minute video and someone watched 90% of it, or a group of people watched 90% of it versus this video is six seconds and people watched 90% of it. But I would give more weight, of course, on the longer form video. I don't know, um, you know, if if all of the platforms have that nuance going for it. I'm I'm assuming that they do. But here's the thing: there's one thing to create a video that's short and sweet, and you think, oh, that was fun and easy, easy breezy. I don't have to, you know, create content. Absolutely. And also. If you want to become a thought leader, a resource, an authority, an expert in your field, that people say, huh, you know what? Your perspective made me think of this in a different way. Or the way that you explained that, I've never heard anybody explain it that way before. That is a piece of content or a video that doesn't have a seven-second length. That's going to require you to actually talk to the camera. Not every time. I'm not saying you can't share your perspective with something that is more musical or has an audio where you're not talking. But at some point, when we really want to build that connection and resource and thought leadership, it requires us to talk and to share our perspective and to share our thoughts about something. And so the ideal length is not a second longer than it needs to be. (laughs) There's no magic number of seven seconds, 10 seconds, et cetera. Are people going to see higher views and completion rates and watch time with shorter videos? Well, of course, because they're shorter. How can you not complete a four-second video? But in my opinion, that is not how you're going to be building thought leadership or going deep into content that you want people to find and then binge watch and consume. Now, on a general scale, brevity is a good thing. And one of the things that I do, and I know this might sound like a lot of extra steps to someone, but I write out my script or what I want to say, and then I edit, I edit, I edit, I edit, I edit, because I am trying to get it down to just the bare minimum. And that's kind of hard for me. That doesn't come natural for me. So the ideal length, there is no ideal length. Yes, the algorithms are focusing on watch time. And not only are people completing, but are they re-watching? And that's how those, quote, viral videos get viral because people are re-watching them and also sharing them. But ultimately, don't try to manipulate or hack the algorithm by making an ultra short video. Because at the end of the day, the videos where you're pouring yourself into your audience especially if you are teaching in your content, it's important to have at least a variety or mix of sort of that longer form, longer short form, I guess I should say, um, if you're talking about reels or TikToks. But there is no ideal length. Next question, posting frequency or what time of data post or what date of the week is better? Of course, you can look at your metrics. That's nothing new or, or groundbreaking. You know, you can probably Google that and people say, oh, look at your metrics. I don't even look at my metrics. To be honest, I just think in terms of 
you know, okay, well, what am I doing on the weekend? I'm usually spending more time with my family doing things and less time on social media. Now, for other people, it might be the opposite. So, I mean, you could look at it both ways. You could say, well, the weekends are great because there's less competition, but there also might be less people watching. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. You can look into your metrics or you can just know that the algorithm is helping you out. So it no longer really matters what time of day you're posting. Um, you know, certainly you could get a small lift if you're posting at a time that you know your audience is really engaged. But is that small lift like what is the percentage? And to go down the road of testing all of that, I, I don't know. Personally, I don't think it's worth it. The algorithm is based on relevancy. It's not about recency. It's what are you interested in? What are you searching for? What have you searched for in the past and consumed and liked? And then it's going to serve you up more of that. So my point with that is even if I don't see something that somebody posted five hours ago or five days ago, if I'm interested in that person, if I talk to them a lot and I consume their content, or if I'm interested in that topic, I'm still going to see it. We're no longer in sort of that chronological order where people were posting all the time to try to stay at the top, which is amazing. I think that's such great news. So ultimately, time or day of the week doesn't really matter. It's totally up to you. You can test a few things out. Look at your metrics. Posting frequency, meaning how often do I post? Do I post every day? I always tell people, start slow or low and work up from there. Make one video post a week. And, and what I do is I make one video post and then I take that concept and I make more posts that aren't video that are that same topic. So I don't have the stress of coming up with another idea. So for example, this particular podcast, I could make a reel about that podcast. Then I could, you know, obviously if I started with a reel, I could make a podcast and go deep dive into it. I could make a carousel post or a swipeable post and make sort of like the tips as each one is a slide. So I don't really reinvent the wheel. I take one idea and I make different formats from that one idea. That's just my personal way that I like to do it. I do not post every day. I honestly post once a week in the feed. I do once a week on YouTube. I do once a week on my podcast. I do every single day on my stories. Why? Because it brings me joy. I love stories. I don't love making a podcast every day. Some people do. So I can always go up, but I don't really want to go down because then when I go down, I'm like, oh, I'm on a roll and I'm doing three times a week and I'm feeling great. And then something happens or I go on vacation or I get sick or something, I get burned out. And then I feel bad about myself because I'm like, oh man, I'm, it's just harder for me to get going again. So I would say start small once a week and then go up from there after you've been doing it for 60 or 90 days, maybe it's twice a week. Okay, maybe it goes to three times a week, but I would say start with one and then go up from there. Again, posting frequency. If you post more frequently, will you grow faster? Yes, probably. <laughs> will you get more followers faster? Yes, probably. Um, but that may not be your goal. That's not my goal. My goal is I want to put my heart and soul into my content. And that may take me more time so that I'm just posting once a week. 
when I was able to, I posted twice a week. I did a reel and then I did a swipeable post. And now I'm in a in a zone of my business and life where I can really only get one post a week. But I stay consistent and I talk to people every single day. So I'm still in the platform. But ultimately, you can determine what works for you on a long-term sustainable schedule. And I would say test by starting slower and then moving up from there. Next question is, should I do trends? I love a trend. Sometimes I hate a trend after I've been (laughs) hearing it for so long. What the heck is a trend? It's anytime you hear the same same song over and over again, or if people are using the same uh, like language over and over again, like one that was really popular years ago was tell me your fill in the blank without telling me you're fill in the blank. Tell me you're over 40 without telling me you're over 40. And there were so many variations. That was a trend. People would take it and kind of make it their own. If you love a trend, absolutely. My tip with trends is that make them relevant to you and your audience. Make them relevant to you and your audience. If you're just doing a trend to do a trend and it has nothing to do with real estate or mortgage, Mm, you know, every once in a while, I'll let you have that pass because you should have some fun enjoying creativity in your content. Ultimately, it would be better serving your audience and your brand and your goals if you intentionally created those trends so that they were in the focus of what your ideal audience is looking for and or what it is about your brand. Now, if I go to your content and all I see are trends and my question is, what exactly do you do? Like if I go back to your Instagram profile or your TikTok and I watch, you know, clips of the first videos that pop up, maybe the first three, the first six, will I know what you do? Will I know who your audience is? Because if I don't know that, then there's a problem. (laughs) That's when the over-trending is not going to serve your audience. It might serve your creativity. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do a trend. I love a trend every now and then, and it does help you come up with ideas. But think about long-term, that content of library. What if you went to Netflix and you saw a couple of funny videos, but then it just was all the same thing versus you're searching for whatever topic And you want to find that content on that topic or have a resource going forward for that topic as well. So it's not that you shouldn't do a trend. It's not that you shouldn't use a fun audio. Um, It's not that you shouldn't use a B-roll video and a four-second reel. Try all of those things. Variety is awesome and have fun with it. Not everything you do needs to be a talk to the camera educational type of thing. I will say it depends on what your intention is. So uh, absolutely do trends if you like to. uh, And I would highly recommend that you also create content that is 100% original. A trend is not original. Even if you make it your own, I'm going to say it's not really original. It's a version of a trend and it's sort of original, but the only original content is you and your perspective and your lived experience and your insights and your opinions and your hot takes and your stories, etc. Okay, the next one. Do I need to write a long caption? I thought we were making videos. Why are we writing long captions? <laughs> okay, you don't have to write a long caption. It doesn't have to be a novel. 
I love writing a long caption because a lot of my content is educational. A lot of my content is about building reputation and deep diving into the topic. And some people prefer to read and some people prefer to watch and listen. And I want to provide detail that goes beyond maybe a 20, 30 second video, a 90 second video. And so I personally continue that conversation in the actual caption. You can also continue that conversation in the caption. And if they're reading it, that caption gives you an opportunity to inform them how they can work with you more, i.e. pay and become a client. There are so many benefits of having that caption written that you can serve and also inform. Um, And if nobody reads it, not one human being, the algorithm is reading it. And it is absolutely saying, and I'm, you know, making, I'm making this up in my mind, like picturing like this computer doing a happy dance. But they're like, oh my gosh, that's so great. Thank you for giving us all of this information and these keywords so that we know exactly what your content is about and who to serve it to and how to categorize it. So it really does help the algorithm sort and serve your content. And it's a way for it to become searchable and it gets longevity because these are search engines. And the more data you can give to the algorithm, don't you think they're going to serve that content that has more data to more accurately serve a client than one that doesn't? So you do not have to write a, quote, long caption. I do think there is a massive value in additional content, whether it's like a bonus tip, whether it's a deeper dive or maybe you're giving examples in the caption. The important thing to remember that is if you are creating a caption and you are creating that caption to go along with a video, you need to tell people to read the caption and not just, hey, read my caption. You need to tell them why. Hey, I put three examples in the caption of what I've been talking about here. Make sure that you go and read it so you don't miss it. Or I'm putting my bonus tips in the caption. Or maybe you have a list and you've covered four of the five things and you say, well, the last thing is actually in the caption. Make sure you read it and check it out and drop your comments and questions, etc. So you have to remind people to read your caption. So, so far what we've covered, what's the ideal length? How often should I post? What time of day or day of the week should I post? Should I do trends? And do I need to write a long caption? The next two questions are going to wrap us up here. The next question is, I hate batching content can I be successful and efficient making videos? And I'm here to tell you that I am living proof of somebody who has tried for years to batch create content. And yes, the answer is yes. You do not have to have the same type of system that somebody else has. Do I think that you should try some form of batching? I do. I think you need to try it for 30, 60, 90 days to really kind of make it your own and see if maybe it was just sort of that, oh, this is new and I don't want to have a change. And I kind of just like going off the cuff because ultimately having content created and done and executed does reduce content stress. It certainly is more efficient. I've tried it all. And what I have, what I will tell you is that I have my own little unique system where I 
create content. I have to have a theme day, meaning I can't do my P&L for an hour, then check my email, then create videos. I have to only do creative stuff. And my brain just doesn't shift that way. So I have what I call a theme day. Um, and sometimes that theme day is making a video. Sometimes that theme day is making a video and a podcast. Sometimes that theme day is just creating ideas and maybe recording a podcast. So anything that's creative like that, I do have a theme day and I do create like one video a week. And like I said, I then take that idea and I create other formats of content with it. So I'm I'm actually making more than one piece of content, not at the same time necessarily, but that way I don't have that content stress. That's just my personal way of doing it. I also know people that love to pick like a Friday and every Friday from like 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., they record, um, they have their scripts written out, they record it on their phone and their tripod, and then they might go in there and edit, or maybe they send it off to an editor and have that editor chop it up and put the captions on, and then they post it on, uh, you know, or schedule it to go out on certain days. I love that for you. If you are able to execute that, oh, I'm jealous. I just know that I have to have a system. And I have to calendar it because if I don't, then it doesn't get done. It certainly doesn't look like the system that some other people have. But what also happens is when I reduce that content stress in my brain, it actually opens it up for me to start seeing content in other places. And I start becoming more creative when I do that. So you do not need to batch create the content, but you do need some kind of consistent system that works for you. The last question is, should I delete my video if it gets low views? No. Do not delete those videos if it gets low views. Now, there's things that we could look at if you're posting videos and you're consistently getting no engagement or low views. Then we need to look at the structure of how you're making the video. Does it have a strong hook? Uh, what do the visuals look like? Does it have captions, etc.? But if you have like, you know, there's going to be that occasional time where you're like, huh, well, that didn't perform like I had hoped for it. And who knows? It could be so many different things. It just, it could be a fluke. It could be just a random thing. It could be all sorts of things. But here's the thing. If you get something that gets low views for you, not low views in general, because who even knows what low views for everyone is? Low views for you. Okay. So if you usually get 100 views and you get two, I'm just making that up. That's pretty extreme. Maybe you get a thousand views and then you get 50. So whatever you get average and don't, you know, worry about having to go look at your metrics, just scan, just scan through really quick. Takes less than 30 seconds. Okay. Usually I'm up here. What was it that maybe made it go a little bit lower? But if it gets low views, have no fear. The good news is that with the recommendation algorithm, that video could be found six months or six years from now and take off again. It really could. It might not, it might be a sleeper, right? But also it's a larger piece of your content library. And you know that you've done this where you've rabbit holed down someone's content like years back and you were able to consume it if you wanted to. So don't, stress. If you are starting to see that a video got 
lower for you views. And if a video gets higher for you views, for example, if you're used to doing talking to the camera and doing educational content, and then you do decide to do a B-roll fun trend and that one, you know, spikes in the views. Well, that's why (laughs) if you are doing educational content and then you're doing a cute dog video, well, that's why. So we have to look at like sort of the the overall theme, the through line, if you will, that's happening with those videos. So I'm happy to share some of those ideas with you. I know that you have probably been thinking about some of those questions and hopefully there was something that was brought up that you were like, oh, I hadn't even thought of that, that you can use and implement in your video strategy. I'd love to hear from you. If this was a helpful episode, please make sure that you're following me on Instagram. You can follow me at Chelsea.Pites. It's P-E-I-T-Z. And send me a DM. Let me know that you came from the show. And I'd love to chat with you. Until next time, we'll see you then. That's all for today's show, friends. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, I'd love to connect with you on the gram. You can find me at Chelsea.Pites. And don't forget to grab all of the free goodies link in bio. 